You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. Today, we're in so many different locations, but we are thriving on this Saturday. My name is Sarah Alice Liddy. And my name is Audrey G. Flowers, and we both use she, her pronouns. And today we have a very special guest. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Thank you so much, guys. I'm so happy to be here. We're so excited to be here with you. You know, I came across your content, I want to say, somewhere in the spring or winter of this past year. And it really resonated with me because, you know, Audrey and I have had such a journey since graduating. And, you know, I think... (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody. Oh, yeah. It's a whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Um, And I think, you know, you being so open about changing your career and like taking a leap of faith was like very inspirational for me. And I feel like for our audience um, when they listen to this. So we wanted to have you here today to chat about it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I love talking about it. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get let's get into it. So, you know, from your content, we know that, you know, prior to, you know, being a full time creator and, you know, talking um, Uh, being a motivational speaker and everything now that you were working as a music teacher, you know, how did you get into the music business? I know before this, we were chatting about that, you know, you've had a background in music. Tell us about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have always really loved singing. So I kind of joked that I had a couple coming out. So my first coming out was singing. (laughs) And then my second one was my sexuality a little bit later. But when I was 13, I just found this beautiful passion for for singing, it kind of came out of nowhere. It's I, you know, I, I talk about like it was the first time that I really followed my intuition, and I was like, okay, this is a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I actually was very like I was. I'm not even kidding. I was like a closeted vocalist for a few years in my teens. Like I could not perform in front of anybody. I was terrified. No one knew. Um, yeah. So later in my high school years, I joined theater. I did all that, and then I went off to college. And I thought I was going to go off and become a performer in the industry. I really was ready to head off and, you know, do some contemporary singing. Um, you know, and just head off. I literally was in a program called music industry. Um, So I was doing like recording engineering, performing, and a little bit of music business. And after my first year in college, you know, I kind of, I caught the teaching bug. I was like, how can I, like, how could I not ever give back what I love so much about music? And so I ended up um, after college, I got a job um, in the place that I'm currently at now, which is great. I'm from the Boston area. and yeah, I was there for I was there for five years. And then I just kind of I had a massive spiritual awakening that kind of pulled me out of that. And so I took a massive leap. But I really loved my time as a music teacher. I taught elementary, I taught K through five. The kids were great, you know, we did the recorder, which was a <laughs> you know, but I did really, the recorder. Oh yeah. I'm like, really? Are we In elementary. Including yeah. But we love doing ukuleles. That was a lot of fun. But no, it really it honestly it was such a beautiful experience. You know, I think I just knew when it was time and I wasn't going to let fear stop me. You know, I always said that I would rather give it 150% and then leave when it was time than be a teacher that was very burnt out and like hated what they were doing. You know what I mean? So I really, I stuck to that philosophy for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved, I was watching, you know, your videos for today and I remember you saying that and that really resonated with me because I think, you know, at least in my post-grad journey, I had gotten to a place with like theater and singing. I started as a singer before I ended up getting into music theater, um, that, you know, 
pandemic also, but like it had just become this thing that unfortunately I started to like hate. And that was like so hard to deal with because, you know, when you hate your passion, it's just like so weird, you know? It is. It is. I think we take it really, we love to take it far with our passion. And I think we love to monetize our passions, right? That's a big thing, which is beautiful because we have the ability to, but at the same time, sometimes you lose that initial core love of it. So when I was teaching as well, I experienced the same thing. Like I haven't performed Mm -hmm. since my senior recital because when I left college, I had so many vocal issues. Like I had like six teachers while I was there. I was all, my voice was very like, very woofy. And it was just all, it was a whole situation. And so when I left college, I really had lost a lot of my confidence in my ability. And then, you know, working as a music teacher, it really takes a toll in your voice. I mean, I'm singing with kids all day and doing a lot. So, you know, I feel like for me, it's been so healing this year to get back to actually just loving singing and also like loving where my voice is, not what it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be or what it used to be. That was a game changer, you know? So it's, it's, it's one, it's, it's a big journey. It's a big journey for sure. Yeah. That's, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Audrey. I so feel that. So I also, we met doing a BFA music theater program together. And like, I went to an arts high school, like where I majored in theater. Yeah. So you were like, here we go. Yeah. Yes. All I had done. And I think it was a combination of like, just doing it at this intensity for so long, but also again, the pandemic, Mm -hmm. I started hating it and I really didn't enjoy it. And that's something that like, I took a while off and I restarted doing it. And it's like, I, I found like, right. You started this because you loved it. And like, I do think there is like a very sort of American thing of like monetizing every sort of everything, everything. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's something great about that, but I also think it's like, there's kind of something within our culture of like, particularly as an adult, you can't just do something for the joy of it. For the sake of doing it. Yeah. 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 And like, because it makes you happy. And so like, it's, it's been like so weird, but so wonderful to rediscover like, oh, right. I initially loved this and I still Mm -hmm. do underneath everything else. Absolutely. Literally, literally. I was um, doing this like little partner uh, game with my partner the other night where you like ask each other these like deep questions. (laughs) And something that they said to me was like, I love watching you be creative when you're not trying to monetize it. Like we were doing a scrapbook one time and they were like, I just love watching watching like you're so creative and like when you're doing it because you want to and like not because you feel like you have to or because you're trying to get paid from it it's like so beautiful to watch and I was like wait like like kind of like you said Audrey like you got into this in the first place not to monetize it but to um you know be creative so I I resonate with all of this absolutely wild wild so Mm -hmm. you know after now you decided to like take that leap almost about a year ago you know or internally at that time like what were you going through i think it's such an interesting feeling when you know like i think i need to shift like i think i'm at this crossroad oh my gosh well i thought i was going crazy like i really was like am i am i well i think i'm on well so my last year of teaching was really interesting because while i was teaching music i actually was getting my master's in um was it elementary general education? I thought I was going to move to a classroom. I was kind of ready for that change. And I will never forget, I was working, so I literally, I was working five days a week and then I was getting my master's, I think Tuesday and Thursday nights at a local community college until about 8.30 PM. And then I was working on the weekends at a restaurant to pay for it. So it was this constant, I, I just, I didn't stop working. So I think I was burning myself out, but 
it was funny. Like I, I remember my principal handing me like, Hey, you did the masters. Congratulations. Like you're good. He handed me the certificate. And in that moment I was like, I don't think I want this. It was the craziest feeling. So it started in May and then it was just like, I don't know, every day felt like an emotional roller coaster because I started to get this little notion that like, I, th I think I want to quit my job with no plan. Like, I, I, I don't know why. And it was this massive, like intuitive feeling coming in that heart space. And ironically, kind of the, the turning point for me was at the end of May, I, I went to a wedding um, with some really good friends of mine that I hadn't seen all of us together probably in like five or six years since we went on a trip right after graduation in college, we all went to Europe, we had the best time. And when I, when we were in Europe at that time, I remember saying to them, guys, let's not get a job. Like we just need to go like live or let's do something like simple. Like we're meant to go expand. And I actually came home from that trip and I told my parents that. And I was like, I think I just want to work in a restaurant for a time. I know I just graduated. And they were like, excuse you, the fuck, right? Like, <laughs> they were like respectfully, they were like, okay, we just paid for this. So I tucked that away. And so it was coming back. But ironically, I was with that same group. And I was standing next to one of my good friends. And we were at the, it was the reception of one of my friend's weddings. And I was looking at her. And I hadn't seen this, this one friend of mine in years. And I looked at her and I was like, I think I'm ready to quit my job. And she goes, yeah, you said that five years ago when we were in Italy. And I was like, oh my God. So, you know, for the next month, I really sat on it for a while because I was like, okay, what if I'm just tired? What if I'm just burnt out from the year? So I waited till school got out. It got out really late. It was like the end of June and I was meditating. And, and all of a sudden it was like all of these signs came in because I, I looked up and I was like, I will do this, but you have got to give me a sign. And I got sign after sign after sign. It was like the next day one of my favorite YouTubers who was a news anchor who I'd watched for years, all of a sudden posts a video and goes, I'm quitting my job to travel the world. I'm like, you are <laughs> like, that's ironic, you know? Um, so it was all these things that came up. And then finally it was a few days before I actually resigned in July that I, I got, like I was scrolling on TikTok, someone's video popped up. It wasn't anything that really was catching my attention, but for some reason, I felt very called to like click on her page. And one of the first videos she had pinned that I watched was about a book called You're Not Going Crazy, You're Just Waking Up. And when I downloaded that book, there was a part of it that was talking about kind of a spiritual awakening. And it was like, at some point in your journey, you're going to be called to take a leap. And if you don't, you're just going to revert back to the beginning of it. You're going to delay the inevitable change that you need. So this was four days before I resigned. And that was like, got it. And then yeah. I went off. I, I took the big risk. So I guess it was just a few months of like that deep call to do it. But obviously all of the other components of my ego and all these things jumping in to be like, that's not safe, blah, blah, blah. I'm really having to work through that. And when I eventually took the leap, everything silenced because that's then you enter the blank canvas. That's that's the space in which it's like now you get to create what that new life is for you. So it was it was wild. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting that you call it like a blank canvas because mm -hmm. It's, it, I have like a question here and I'm like, you know, after you are taking that leaping, leaping, you're entering this time of like instability, like how do you get through it? But it's interesting to like, call, to look at it as this blank campus. Can you get into that a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. So typically when you take a massive leap like that, you're, you're heading into a totally unknown space and it's something that yeah. you've never experienced before. So like from a vibrational standpoint, you're tuning, I don't, you know, if you've heard people be like, Oh, high vibration, low vibration, whatever. It's something you haven't experienced. So it's very unknown to you, but you do land. It feels like you land in your feet land. And I remember that afternoon, it was like, literally all of a sudden the chaos just went done. And I was like, so, so what now? 
and I, I kind of, I felt kind of that calling of like, well, now the game really begins. This is when you get to know yourself again. This is when you come back home. You know, your, your, your identity is not defined in your career anymore. Who are you? Who is Taylor outside of a teacher? And I literally spent six months being like, I, I, what am I, what am I supposed to do? And I just, I just chose to be, I went outside, I sat, I learned what it meant to be still. And that is your blank canvas. The blank canvas is the space in which you return back home to yourself. Your intuition is in the front of the line and you go, okay, I've removed everything in my life that I was told I had to do, that I was conditioned to do. And now it's entirely for me. So now what? But that's the bliss of it. And there's no urgency. It's whatever it is truly, whatever you want it to be. So I would say like, I spent six to eight months really in that space of like the void where you're just, you're just existing. You're learning what it means to kind of embrace that like divine mask, excuse me, divine feminine energy of like just being and allowing rather than the way society operates, which is very much that like divine masculine of like, go, go, go. Um, and me allowing myself to just kind of be was, was the catalyst for everything that I've, that I've done. You know, I had no idea a year ago that I would be working as a spiritual, you know, life coach and a speaker and all like no clue, but you have to create the space to allow that to come in. Because I always say like, you're never going to find the answer in the chaos. You never do. You could search high and low, but no matter where you go, there you are. So it's really just a journey back to, to yourself. And that's where every answer will come to you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm like thinking about like my journey here and just like and journeys that other people have talked to me about. And I think you're so like on the nose when you say that, like, you know, when people make these like big changes or step into something new, I think we all feel this like pressure to like do something like as soon as I'm making this change, like let me start doing it all and not leaving that space to really like connect with yourself and see like what comes to you. Like when you are in that space, like, are you doing like certain things to like, you know, like get your thoughts moving and stuff? Like, can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time really meditating and getting back into the stillness. You know, I, I oftentimes tell anyone that I work with, I'm like, you know, I've lived in this apartment for six years. The space around me has not changed, but everything in here has. So what is my reality? What am I experiencing? What am I choosing to experience? And I began to choose to experience what the stillness was. And I viewed that as the blank canvas, that kind of like unseeable force that's just kind of with you. Like, I don't know. It, it was very, um, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was like being for the sake of being, you know, yeah. like just existing, existing and, and knowing that like, oh, wow, my worth isn't really changed no matter what I do. I'm still me. And this is a beautiful time for me to just learn what it means to rest. I also think my nervous system was like regulating a little bit, to be honest with you, after being in like probably a fight or flight state for a long time, just feeling like I had to be working constantly. Um, And so I started doing things for the sake of doing them. I just started, you know, I slowly was diving back into singing. I started really stepping into like that next version of myself and, you know, thinking about maybe some fun things that I would, you know, like for the next chapter to be, but then just practicing being so unattached to that outcome because you never experience what you desire in the future anyways. It's always, you always experience it right now. So I had to learn to experience right now. And what I, what I honestly, the leap that I had taken, like I was enjoying just working a couple shifts at a restaurant, making more money than I did when I was teaching crazy, Um, you know, and just being able to clock in and clock out and just sit sit with myself, spend time with Taylor, as odd as it sounds, you know? Um, 
So it was a lot of meditation, a lot of reading, and and just kind of learning to be and being okay with that and being more than okay with that, enjoying it, you know? Yeah. Did you have times like during, you know, this, you know, six to eight month period, but also this past year where, you know, you were were struggling to stay in in the what will be will be and like, you know, try in this stillness and everything like what do you do in those moments where you like can feel that like nervous system kicking back up anxiety all of those thoughts oh totally totally i remember on my 28th birthday i was sitting at my parents it was october of last year and i'm sitting with them i'm having dinner and at the time i had nothing to show for what i was doing like i truly i was literally i was like i don't know i'll figure it out as i go and i'm sitting there and i'm like what am i doing with my life I was like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? What is the point of all of this? Like, I was having this whole like existential crisis, but I think I was doing truly just so much like inner healing work. Like I was looking at my inner child. I was going back and being like, yo, what happened along the way to make me think I had to live X, Y, and Z or, or that got me into these, these, you know, addictive patterns that I fell into when I was teaching like all of this stuff. And I think in doing that, I just started to learn about the power of our mind and our thoughts um and kind of i started to view that chaotic voice that fears everything as that little like unhealed version of me that was screaming there's a monster under the bed and so i thought well okay how would i respond to a kid coming up to me and saying there's a monster under the bed i, I probably wouldn't take it too seriously or i'd say all right let, like let's go check together like i think we're okay and i started to just in that moment be like you know when this thought passes as i sit in the same spot that i always do it will pass and I will still be in the same spot that I am and I'll feel okay after. So again, what is that reality mm. that I'm living in? So it was kind of becoming the observer of those thoughts and those stories that were just ruminating in my head for years. Um, so I started to ask myself, like, what is the story I'm telling myself? And then when I asked that, I kind of chose a better one to start speaking to myself about, about what was possible, you know, about how exciting life could be even just as it is right now, you know? Um, so I think it was a lot of practice of walking through that, but all the time, I mean, I took another big leap, you know, back in May when I started this business, I left my restaurant job. I hadn't even started it yet, the business. So I had yeah. no other source of income. It was a full trust fall. And I think there's fear every step of the way, but it's starting to learn that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to run your life and that you can, not only can you survive, but you thrive on the other side of fear. The fear keeps you in that state of feeling like you're in survival mode, you know? Um, and so I think like affirming to myself that it's like, it's safe to do what I'm doing. My success is safe. We're not abandoning any part of myself. We're not abandoning any family, friends, like everyone's coming along. This is totally new territory, but like all is well. And so I just started to really, you know, live by that. Building on what you said about the stories we tell ourselves. So like prepping for this and researching you, like, and I, I did some like research into like the, the science of sort of manifestation or like that sort of vein of what they've observed. And like, there's not a ton of science because I think it's kind of like wooey things. And I don't mean wooey in a bad thing. So much of acting stuff is wooey, but like wooey stuff <laughs> is hard to quantify and scientify. Yeah. But like studies show if you, believe that you can do it mm -hmm. and you like have faith in you are more likely to achieve it like a because you believe that you can and b you're just actually more willing to put in the hard work to get whatever yes. you want and like these stories and like 
even within like how our brain works, like you use a neural pathway over and over again, that neural pathway gets stronger. So if you tell yourself every day, like I'm a piece of shit and I can't do anything, then that's going to be where your brain naturally goes. And like the stories we tell ourselves are so important because they become true. Absolutely. And I think the other thing too, is think about it this way. I always say like, we live in the land of like all that is like everything is happening. So what's our focal point? What are we, what are we focusing on? It's like the shiny new car syndrome, right? So when you want a new car, all of a sudden you see it everywhere. There's not any more of those cars on the road. You're just focused on it and excited about it. So what are we choosing to perceive it as? You know, it's like, I don't know, even when it comes to money and all these things, it's like, well, there's two ways you could view this. Do we want to view this in a lack state of mind or in maybe an abundant state of mind? And it's not to invalidate any experiences. Of course, I think those real fears that we have stem from experiences that we've lived. It's understandable. But then it's kind of shifting and saying, wait a second. Okay. Like, is it possible for me to say, you know what, I'm actually not going to focus on that. And if I focus on this, what is going to come about? Because every decision we make, I mean, you operate based upon your belief systems in terms of how you interact with people, the chances that you take. If you believe that you are absolutely, like you sit in the knowing, you're like, it's going to happen regardless. What also happens is that when you have something come in that shows resistance to that. So for example, like, oh, I didn't get X, Y, and Z or whatever. Like, And it's different for everybody you're unattached to that because you're like, no, I know it's true. I'm going to keep walking. The issue is when you get stuck on that. So you get stuck on that now. Are you going to act going forward? No. There's so many different paths you can take and then that path leads down a different one. So the key is going back to center and listening to your intuition and that's your path and it will always guide you. It's it's that gut feeling. It's that unexplainable, like I just have a gut feeling about it. I know it to be true. I've lived it. I took that leap last year. I took another one, you know, and it all paved the way. And part of it is like, you know, it's, you know, I, I am a very spiritual person, but even outside of that, it's like when you just are unfazed by what appears to be going on around you and it doesn't kind of shake that core belief system that you have that, oh, no, I'm, I'm worthy of it. I'm capable of it. Then you also become solution oriented. You are constantly seeing solutions. You are not adding the problems. You're going, there's a solution for that, not a problem. Like one of the big things when I left my job, my parents, and I love them, they're a bit in fear at times. They were like, I was working at a, at a restaurant and I was like, oh, I'm just going to pick up a few more shifts a week. Like I should be good. And they were like, well, well, what if he closes the restaurant? I said, they've been open for 12 years. I don't think they're going to close it tomorrow. <laughs> and then I looked at them and I said, I said, guys, there was like, where we live, like, do you, do you want a list of all the restaurants I could apply to if that happens? I was like, they were like, well, you know, 40% inflation. I said, not in my reality. I said, I'm not living according to that. I will continue to walk, you know, and it just, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it depends on how delusional you want to be with it. I'm pretty like, I just, I walk, I go, I'm like, you know what? It's all going to work out as it's meant to. And you kind of find that it's like, wow, everything has like the polarity, that duality or the dichotomy, whatever you want to call it exists in everything everything. And so, you know, amidst the trauma and all the stuff that we, that we experience, which, which builds us, evolves us and and that we grow with because that's all we can do when we experience that, right? Like amidst all of that, there are so many things in your life that you can look at and go, okay, well, what is my bank statement right now? Interesting. A hundred dollars would be a gem to this person over here who has been begging to get their bank account above five bucks. But for me, I'm going, holy shit. So what frame of mind am I going to view this in? And when you get into fear, I, I think you enter the tunnel. And when you're in the tunnel, you're not seeing opportunities because you are so focused. I mean, think about what your body does when you're in fear. You contract. 
are so focused on, oh my God, this can't, this can't happen. Meanwhile, the solution, 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 solution. If you would just pivot your head to the right, right? It's like, it's all, it's all there. Um, and I think when you open yourself up to the solutions, not only do they show up for you, but it just regulates your nervous system to get you out of the fight or flight. And then you feel safe. And when you're safe, oh my God, that's where things happen. Like that's where you can really start to create things because when you're in survival mode, all you're focused on is literally surviving and what you can do. Um, and I think many people operate very much. I think in society, we're kind of called to operate in survival mode as terrible as it is. I mean, the way that we live and, and, and everywhere you go, it's fear is pressed on you. We, we rarely hear about some beautiful things going on. You know, I mean, it's really, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hate that's perpetuated and, and promoted and all of this stuff. It's just everywhere. And so it really infiltrates our aura and it's hard to, it can be hard to kind of shake that. And then you, you act based upon it. So it all, it all kind of ripples on each other. Um, but I think the biggest thing from that too, cause it definitely is woo woo when I'm about as woo woo as one person can get for sure. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think when it comes down to it, it's, you know, it's the shiny new car syndrome. It's what you focus on and then what you start to bring in more to your reality because you're focusing on that and then just being open to all of the possible solutions because there's a plethora of them. You can list them out too. You could go, oh, here's all the evidence that it's worked before. Here's all the evidence of somebody else. That's an example of it working. I don't have to be jealous of this person. That's an example that it can happen. Mm. All a perspective shift. Ooh, I love I that mindset drinking. shift. But yeah. is that Duncan you're drinking? Oh, totally. <laughs> Totally. Don't you love my little like? How cute is this too? This is my dunk. I I know those ladies. Tammy, I love her with the nails. Love her. No, I go to Duncan every day. I'm like, blessing. Oh Hundred percent. I am a little bit of a Duncan hater. I'm not even gonna lie. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. I know. I, I made. I have a cup of coffee here too, though. So that's I, think. I, I probably should make coffee at home, but I just love seeing my ladies every day with my cold brew. You know, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not that great. You know, but it's part of my. It's part of my culture. <laughs> here's, here's part of what I love about Duncan. Every time I order the same yeah. thing, and I get a different drink every time, and that's fun. Oh yeah, that's a little surprise yeah. for me. Oh, I'm like, oh, how strong's the coffee today? Oh, ooh, that's a little, that's a little funky. <laughs> today I couldn't. Today I couldn't get my straw in. They put so much ice. I was like, okay, but it's an adventure. <laughs> it's for four dollars and sixteen cents. It's quite the adventure. So. I love that. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to ask that. No, absolutely. No, it's okay. We love a Dunkin'. Dunkin'. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Like their actual donuts. Like that gives yeah. me that chocolate glaze burn on oh, every any day. day. Any day. Yep. Any absolutely. Day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but going a little bit back to fear, donuts and fear. Yes. Um, <laughs> the same thing. No. <laughs> going back to that a little bit, you know, I think like something that I know, I think Audrey and I have both struggled with, and I assume many of our listeners do because, you know, being in your 20s is just so like uncertain. And I think so much of it is like, you know, like you said, like so much fear and just like closing in. So for somebody that is like looking to stop living in this like fear all the time, like let's start seeing the solutions. Like how would you suggest that they start to like move in that direction of letting the fear go? So the other thing about fear is that we are also taught, right? So your entire life is either living in the past or the future. So your past mm -hmm. forms your identity. That's who you think you are. You're not who you think you are. You have no obligation to show up today as you did yesterday. You can identify, be whoever you want to be at any point in time. The future 
is something we are always concerned about. So what are we always discounting? Where we actually are. So my biggest advice to anybody that is feeling, you know, a lot of anxiety, just the constant state of fear is to begin to reacclimate themselves to where they actually are in this moment. I'm not talking about sitting with their thoughts. I'm talking about literally like focusing on the stillness that's around you. Like if it even is like you're in that ruminating state, pick an object and just view it for a minute. Like pick something in your space, get physically ground yourself exactly where you are, because you're going to find that everything dissolves. What Like when you truly get into the, to, um, kind of that state of like bliss and being when you're just sitting in the present moment, people find it in meditation, but you can even just find it becoming the observer of your thoughts and your thoughts you're going to find operate like waves. Again, the environment around you is not going to change based upon a thought that you have about that text message you just thought or got or that, you know, conversation you had three months ago that you have anxiety about, right? Like you're, you're in this environment. So when you begin to become the observer of it, you either view it like waves on the beach or you could even view it as like, you're now the helicopter that's observing the traffic down below in the morning, but you don't have to get hit by the traffic. Just notice what your thoughts are doing. Become a third party viewer. Just pull yourself out for a second. Just interesting. Like interesting is my favorite word. I just neutralize it. I'm like, interesting. Okay. That's an interesting story. And then after a little while, you're not responding to that. So that's, there's no more fuel. There's no more gas in that tank. And those thoughts are going to subside after a few moments. And then you find yourself kind of back to where you are. So the best escape is the present moment. It's not sitting with your thoughts. It's becoming the observer of them. And again, it's, you just kind of lift above them and you go, oh, and it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't happen 24 seven, you know, but that's, I think sometimes we were a little all or nothing in society. You know what I mean? And we think, oh my God, well, what if they start coming back in? Your, your resistance or your need to be anything but where you are causes most of the issues. It's like you are exactly where you're only ever where you are, ever, <laughs> at all times, right? So the need to be anywhere but here, the need to be thinking about anything but just where you are causes a level of dissonance with the present moment, which is really where you're meant to be. I mean, your brain, think about it, your brain serves a beautiful purpose. It's here It's here to function. It's here to help you execute things. When your intuition goes, hey, here's a level of inspiration and expansion. It's so exciting. Your brain goes, ooh, okay, let's act upon that. That's its job. Planning things logically out, when has anything ever gone according to plan? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally, I'm like the, your entire podcast, like your 20s, when has anything ever gone according to plan? Like make a plan and just throw it out the door. But that's the fun <laughs> of it. Like. It's, it's stepping into the excitement of like, you know what? I don't know what's coming. I don't need to know what's coming, but something's on its way. And I'm gonna sit in that and I'm gonna enjoy what is. So you sit, you enjoy where you are, and then you're like, it's not like, if you had someone come up to you and say, hey, you don't have to worry about this anymore, we'll take care of it. You would be like, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, right? So like, step into that space of like, you know what? Like, I would say to anyone listening, practice for a month, do a little month trial, see what happens. See what happens. Let go. And notice how the world keeps spinning. Notice how things keep showing up in your life. Things keep happening. And nothing changed based upon you ruminating about it. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to work or do your stuff. You'll do it. But then you're, you're going to go enjoy your life. You're going to go enjoy sitting outside, sitting in your apartment. You know, I call this my 2000 BC apartment. It's falling apart. I love it. I love it. If there's a hole in the floor, I will walk around that hole. I love it. It's so cute. You know, and I you, you have to enjoy the what is before the what will be comes in. And I think that that's the excitement of life. It's like, if you view it as a, I always call it a surprise party and you don't want the party to be ruined. It's like, if you had everything you were ever going to experience put on a scroll in front of you, that takes away all of the fun of this human experience. It really does. Like all we have to do 
we're here to exist. Being human is the experience. We're going to have the highs, the lows, everything in between. But it's it's ride the wave. Don't try and, you know, sit in the sand and let it take you over. You just ride the wave and go, oh, shit, this is kind of nice. You know, like that is a mystery. I don't know what's going to happen, but sometimes it's fun. You know, when I quit my job back in April to launch this business, it was hysterical. So here's what happens. So I was supposed to start at a new restaurant just on the weekends because I thought I would make a little more money and I would have more time to do my business. At the time, I was working three to four shifts during the day at a cafe. So anyways, but I realized that I was actually following fear when I was doing that. I was doing that to say I had a plan. I intuitively knew I wanted to jump full time into coaching. I had no idea how it was going to unfold. I had no idea if people were going to want to work with me. But this was screaming. My, my, my gut was like, yeah, go for it. So I was driving home from Kohl's one day and I, I just picked up a shirt to do training. I was supposed to start that night. And I had made a TikTok that morning, not even thinking about my own situation. It just kind of came to me. I made it, whatever. And for some, I had my phone plugged into my car. I was pulling into my driveway. And for some reason, when I unlocked my phone on surround sound in my car, my voice came out and said, at the beginning of this TikTok, are you following fear or your soul? And I just laughed and I was like, well, I guess I'm quitting this job today. You know, so that I, that I, I said to my boss, I, I respectfully, I was like, thank you so much for this opportunity. And she was so understanding. Um, and I put my hands up and I just laughed and I was like, well, this is the biggest trust fall. But in my head, I'm like, there's a million restaurants. So if this doesn't work, here's the money I have. I looked at my money. I was like, okay, here's what I have. Here's what I, you know, fuck it. Sorry for my language, but honestly, that's I, I lived by it. I lived by it. Our podcast name has I know, I think it's always like, oh, I can, I can let it out here. <laughs> you can let it out. Let it yeah. out. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, it's it, it was just, there, there's something fun about that. As scary as it can be, there's so much excitement on the other side of fear, right? Everything, the polarity exists. So fear's down here. What's on the other side of it? Then you start to think about that. Woo. It gets fun. I, I loved what you said about all or nothing thinking because Sarah and yeah. I talk about that all the time with how we oh, struggle with society. that. Mm -hmm. But also with what you said about riding the wave. So like with being in theater in the wooey space, like I've done a lot of meditation throughout my life, like in classes and whatnot. And for the longest time, like I hated it. I really didn't get it. I just couldn't get my mind to be quiet. And then yeah. I finally one day, like instead of trying to have it be quiet, I allowed the like thoughts to keep moving kind of like a river, but that. I just stopped mm -hmm. letting myself get caught in them. Like I didn't grab onto them. I would let them exactly. happen and I'd let them keep moving on instead of trying like, your brain's never going to be completely quiet, especially not my brain. That's I'm a super fucking loud person. Yeah. No. And I realized like, and no, that's it's not about the biggest thing. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, it's not about like complete nothingness. No. It's about not getting caught in everything that's coming. We have the biggest hammer on our backs. We are our biggest critics. No one bullies us like we bully ourselves. It is unbelievable. And we sit in a meditation and we go, oh my God, I have to, oh my God, oh my God, the thoughts are coming in, fuck, right? It's like, no, you just have to observe them. Notice what's going on in the playpen. See what's happening. See what's happening. And then when you begin to observe them, exactly like you said, which is so beautiful, like they just, they keep moving. They keep moving. You could even challenge yourself, sit, what's my next thought going to be? You look for it you'll actually find it stills up for a minute. It actually does. And you go, oh my God. And everything, everything quiets out. It's like the equivalent of like taking out your earbuds when you're on a beautiful walk. You know, you got the music blasting, you take it out, you go, oh shit, that's really quiet. I think everything's really quiet. 
and it just puts it back into perspective. But yeah, that's a huge thing with meditation is people think it's, and I always teach my clients this, I'm like, it's not that you're silencing your mind. You just want to observe the thoughts. You just want to lift above mm. them a little bit and just stop emotionally responding as best as possible. Even if it happens for five seconds, that's five more seconds than you had before, you know? So yeah, all or nothing is, I think, I think it's everything. And I think sometimes we we adapt that all or nothing mindset to, again, what we're doing with our life and our career. And we're like, oh my God, if I didn't get this, then I'm a total failure. Not really. That's just one thing that happened to you and let's neutralize it. It happened. Doesn't change your worth. Doesn't change the passion still being there. Off you go. Go have fun. Keep walking. Yeah. You know, really. It's, yeah, it's literally. We had um, uh, one of our listeners DM us the other day about rejection, and this is reminding me a lot of that. Um, You know, she asked us our advice on rejection, and, you know, luckily being in the entertainment world, there's a little (laughs) bit of that. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) A little bit. And, you know, I think for so long, rejection for me was so, so hard. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think when I decided to sort of pivot and be like, you know, I'm just going to put theater on pause for right now doesn't mean I'll never come back to it. It's still a huge part of who I am. I still love it, but just need to like shift for a second. Um, And like when I stopped looking at like rejection in like combination with my worth and started to like really try and pull away from work is your worth. I felt like rejection got like so much easier because it was like, okay, like for example, this summer I did a residency program for this content creation thing. And you know, there was a possibility to be hired full time after it. I'm really fortunate it worked out, but Uh you know, people kept saying to me like, what are you, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? Like all these things. And I was like, honestly, like, I'm just going to like move forward. I did a really great job. And, right, <laughs> I'm like, going to enjoy. Yeah. It's so, it's so scary. And I, and I hate, and it was very, it's still anxiety ridding. Like I'd have moments where it's more than less, but I was like, I did like a fucking amazing job. And if they don't want to mm-hmm. hire me, then like, I know that somewhere else, like my ability will be like yes. appreciated. Totally. And it's so hard to get there. It took me a long time. Like, yeah. Long time. Well, let's, let's <laughs> rephrase even the term rejection to redirection because you don't know what could have transpired had that happened. You know, when I, 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 listen, and this is, this is just a, a funny little sign that I had the other day, but you know, I went through a whole crazy, again, a thing with my voice. I lost all my confidence and I was killing it in my teens. I was like, I love singing. I thought I was ready. If I went into the music industry at 18, I would have died off of something by now. I'm telling you, I would have been addicted to something and probably like I was not ready. And I didn't realize that. But also I've now understood like, wait a minute, whoa, now that I'm like fully really feeling back to, to who I am, my spiritual teachings, the motivational content, I had this moment the other day, I was like, oh my God, it's going to blend with singing. Like somehow this is going to come together. I couldn't have done that 10 years ago. But when I lost my voice, it, it triggered a really, people call it a dark night of the soul, a really rough time for me. That's where my spiritual evolution happened. Like, so it's looking back and going, you know what? The dots have always connected themselves in some way. And it doesn't change the objective truth. When you get a rejection, viewing it as a redirection doesn't change the fact that, yeah, it didn't happen. So what would we like to do with that information, right? Like that's the, that's the tricky part. And it is, it's so hard to get there because as humans, our biggest fear is like, oh my God, people will know I'm not worthy. They'll find out I'm not worthy. Oh my God, if they just find out. And you're worthy because you're here. You, you, that concept of unworthiness is something 
It is something that's created by the human ego that just keeps you in a state of like being locked in. And think about your ego for a second too, which is a voice that basically wants you to identify. It's, it's how you identify in the world. So basically, just to go into the human psyche for a little sec, your ego is what was accepted. Okay, what was not accepted in you, you tuck away in your shadow and you project it on other people. So when you judge other people, there's a part of you that you have not accepted yet. The ego is how you identify based upon how you grew up, what was normal in society, life things, right? It's, it's what we think is safe. So the ego always comes in and tells you anything outside of that is not safe. And at the same time, but you're not good enough. So do a lot. So it really makes no sense because it's like, oh, go off and do everything to achieve. But you're, you know, it's all scary. Don't do it. You know what I mean? So it's like this back and forth. Um, so if you, it, you know, just those small little moments of like, all right, this didn't happen, but something better is coming. It yeah. just, it hits you in, in a place and you're like, okay. And in that moment, you can kind of release it a little bit and go, all right. You know, it doesn't, it, I don't have to spiral about this. I don't have to enter that Hades whirlpool and just keep on going and going and, you know, all of it. Yeah. I love, um, you know, when it's interesting, when I decided to take this like leap of faith, like going towards this, like a little bit of a career change, um, you know, everyone around me was like, you're giving up on theater, on singing. You've been singing since you're seven. Like you're just giving up on it. And I was like, I'm not like, I honestly think that it's going to come back into my life at some point. And like, Beautiful. this is a part, like a part of it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I'm never letting that part of myself fully go. Like, I just feel like it's going to, going to be there. And so like, even with rejection or redirection, it's like that, that part of me is still there. Like it's going to come back totally. at some point. You know, I love that you said that. Cause I was just like, that's such a huge mindset that I have yeah. when people ask me about like, you know, changing my career and stuff. I'm like, I never say I give up because I'm like, I, I have a feeling like it's always going to be a part of me, like in some way. And, and let me throw this in there too. Cause that's, it's so beautiful. I think that's absolutely it. All so much of it is if it's rooted in our perception, what do we hope to, when we hope to achieve that thing, it's not about the thing. It's about what you feel when you get it. So what is it that you hope to feel? Because the new car to me would be different to you to all the, you know what I mean? Like it all means something different. So what are we hoping to feel? Most people, I would assume, want to feel a level of joy, freedom, expansion, right? Creative expression. What can you do in your life to live that now? Because you can feel all that now. You can feel joy now. You can feel that that love and light and whatever you're going to feel up on that stage. Look at this cute little... Wait a sec. I have to pull out my microphone for you guys. Go, go. <laughs> Ignore that. So this is my little microphone. I know people who are listening probably can't see it, obviously. But I basically perform in my apartment, okay, all the time. And it is my favorite thing. And I perform for the windows, these windows that are falling apart. I love it. I bet they have a great time. But I understand now. I'm like, you know what? I've lost all sense of urgency for anything big to come in with my singing because it will in its due time. But I'm having just as much fun now with it as I will when it's up on a big stage. Do you know what I mean? Like 100%. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's the key to so much of it. We, we put such an emphasis on the things that we hope to get, but it's like, no, you just really want to feel something good when it comes in. So how do you feel good now? How do you anchor into mm. that life you have and feel some joy just living? And then it's like, you don't need it. And typically that's when it shows up. All walls are down. Yeah. You know? Ugh, I love that. I got to start doing that. 
I love that. Because yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I feel, I feel like, you know, lately I got this new job and like I've been in this like weird, kind of like weird mind state because I never pictured myself in like a corporate job and like it's just this yeah. weird feeling. Um, and, you know, as even though I have this job, like obviously this podcast, like content creation, like performing, like those are like the things that like, you know, I hope are going to come one day, but full time. But I love that you say to like, you know, practice those things like the mic. Like I fucking love that. Now I want to get myself like a mic and start singing in my room. This microphone is from 2003. It's, it's a good time. It is a good time. I love that. Like why not? Why not? We, We need to be more like kids again. We've lost all of that sense of like wonder, just wonder about, you know, and honest. And then you get up on stage and you go, it's even more emotional because you're like, I sat in my apartment. I remember when I was in there and I felt this mm-hmm. damn good. And look at how this came to be. And then you have a happier life. You're not waiting for it to show up because in your heart, it's already shown up. So you don't really need it. You know, it's fine. And, and you know, with this new job, I think sometimes we, we, we think to ourselves, okay, well now what is the next large chapter of my life going to look like? We don't know. Who cares? This job could serve you for six months. It could serve you for a year. It could serve you for five years. We are open to all things, but attached to nothing. Because what if a better opportunity comes up that serves you in that moment? That's riding the wave. We, I think that we tend to have, you know, I always joke, it's like the wave, you know, the tide, the tide always comes. So the wave is going to roll over you regardless. So, you know, at some point there's going to be that need for a change. You know, there's going to be a need for, for something to switch up in your life. Um, and we tend to cause a little more of that chaos when we just resist it and then the things crumble and we're kind of forced to make the change or whatever it is so it's just riding it having fun along the way and taking it all a little less seriously a little less you know as much as we can (laughs) amidst the chaos of the world of course but yeah, a hundred percent. I feel that it's so it's so funny. Like the like you definitely got in my brain there for a second. Like literally, <laughs> I getting this job. I'm like, so what happens next? Yes. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> or what like, happens but, now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So I I really resonate with that. I'm gonna bring that one forward with me. And we know that you are you know soon starting a course for all the you know work yes. that you do and stuff. So can you walk us through a little bit like what that's gonna be like and tell our listeners about it? Yes. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I basically had the concept for this course. I kind of joke it was like dropped into me. It just kind of showed up last year and it was like next October, you're going to have a course. And I kind of forgot about that. And I kept pushing it out until things kind of lined up. Um, So it's called the activation and it is a three month course. It's really rooted in personal development with a spiritual undertone. But, you know, it's interesting that we talked about the blank canvas because that's where it all begins. We focus on the blank canvas. And from there, we illuminate what is in your life and getting back to that place of stillness, the meditating, all of it. We do a lot of that mindset work. And then we do a lot of the healing and releasing through shadow work. Um, And then from there, we do the rebuilding. So we learn a bit about manifestation at the end and really calling in that new, not even the things that we desire, but that next level version of us, that true version of us. So um, I'm super excited about it because anyone in any time zone can take it. They're going to be pre-recorded modules. There's six of them. They're going to be released every two weeks. um, And I will be communicating with everyone during that time. But it's kind of a dream come true because I think, you know, I've taken courses and I've worked with coaches this past year and it's just been revolutionary for me. And the money has all returned, which has been amazing too. You know, when you invest in yourself, 
that's a little different than investing in, you know, maybe not in yourself or spending money on something else that you're like, mm, you know, when you really are investing to say, you know what, it's not even that I want to be like a better version of me. I just want to be the, I want to be me. I want to be really who I am. I want to remove all of that other chaos. So it's kind of my, I call it like the activation method from like day one, phase one of like that chaos, some of what we talked about to the full, the full rebuild. And I've kind of lived it. So I'm excited to bring it to people for sure. And it starts up in, I think about that. When is it starting? The doors open for September 24th, but it starts on October 1st is when this nice. round begins. So I'll run it again probably at the end of January. Ooh, nice. I love that. Um, just kind of speaking a little bit about manif manifestation before we end here, sure. you know, are there like any tips and tricks that you have for manifesting. I feel like I, you know, I hear a lot about manifesting on TikTok and it's not something I'm very educated in. Yeah. So I would love to just kind of hear about like, you know, beginner, a little bit of a beginner's guide to it. You know what it is? You be it before you see it. That's it. You be it before you see it. So you literally think about what it is you desire and you attach the feeling to it. Like we talked about, right? So what is that feeling you hope to have when you get it? And you have now walked into Hold on one second. Oh, sorry. I thought <laughs> thought the downstairs fire alarm was going off. We're good. No, Just no, my computer good. being loud from 2019. Um, <laughs> so you be it before you see it. So you think about what you want to feel in that new chapter and you let that version of you pull you forward. Typically, mm. we let the past version of ourselves lead the way. We're going to let the future version. Who is that version of us that already has the business? Who is that version of us that's already up on stage? What decisions do they make? How do they act? How do they get ready every day? How do they dress? When you own that and you embody the feeling, it, it really has no choice but to show up for you. And I've I've lived this this past year. Like I have, I, I, and I will be 100% honest, I have not chased a single thing this past year. It has just dropped in and it's wild when it starts to happen. It's just, it's truly riding the wave and you follow inspired action. You prioritize your joy and you embody that version of you. Once you figure out what that version of you is, right? Embody it. And the synchronicities and small little things start to line up to give you all of the tools to then get you there. So that's really the key about it. It's it's kind of a buzzword these days. It's It's been very much taken out of the really beautiful spiritual practice of, of kind of the art of being and allowing. Manifesting mm. is really allowing because, you know, manif really your whole life is a manifestation. So it's it's really consciously beginning to co-collaborate with, you know, all of the divine forces. But again, for anyone that's kind of at the intro space, think about that version of you and just be it now. You are already it. You've already arrived. And, and you step into that. You act as such, you know, clear out old things that maybe don't serve you anymore um, and, and allow space for the newness to come in because it will. It will. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of like, you know thinking of that feeling that you want when you have that thing and being that now. Absolutely. I think that that Operating is like my biggest takeaway from today because I feel like there's so much always like forward thinking and, you know, and what, like, and I'm like now questioning, I'm like with these things that I want, like, what is the feeling that I want mm -hmm. to have when, you know, that thing. That or do I think I just have to be having something at all times to be working towards too? That sometimes can be a big mm. thing. Too. But again, when you get yeah. out of that, you clear the space for your actual desires to move forward. If someone had told me a year ago, hey, you're going to become a spiritual life coach. You're going to have a course coming up. You're going to have worked with 65. I would have been like, excuse me, right? Like I had no plan when I walked into any of this. And I set the intention. I said, everyone that I'm going to work with, I want I want to be able to help them as they are now. I don't want to have clients come on in that I perhaps would be able to help in five years. Do you know what I mean? Like where I'm at with my knowledge, 
and everyone that has shown up is at the crossroads that I was at, you know? So it's, it's, um, for me, it's really, I think the biggest thing is the art of allowing, but again, when you, when you put those rose color lenses on or you step into the pair of shoes, whatever analogy works of that next version of you, every decision is made as such. And you're living that version now. And all of a sudden, I mean, think about it too. Like you're going to act based upon that. You're probably more willing to take a risk. That version of you isn't concerned about failure because she's already achieved it. Right. So it's like, you know, I always tell people that your desires are extremely divine and they are designed for you as well. So if it's in your heart, go for it, chase it, run with it, have fun. And it's never about what you get, but it's that journey on the way there. That's where you're going to learn all this stuff. It's kind of like your, your internal GPS system that just kind of takes you on the beautiful path. So just be before you see it and have fun. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, our last question for you, we ask this to every guest is, sure. when is the most recent time that you felt clueless? Oh. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Talk yeah. about it. Oh my gosh. Well, I it's interesting. I was actually doing some I was paying some bills and I was looking at my bank account. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is going to be really interesting how this works out with the course and stuff. And then I went on to where I do my coaching and my services. And then I looked and I hit a number that I was like, oh, my God. And I was just experiencing like that total polarity of like, wait, fear? No, we're building like just that total job. But there was a moment in there where I was kind of like, well, I don't really know what the fuck's going to happen, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> so we'll figure it out. So I think this whole I don't know. I feel like every part of the journey, like there's a level of just like cluelessness and trust that you just kind of lean into. So I feel it often because, you know, it's, I think, I don't know. I feel like if you're not clueless at times, maybe you're doing it wrong. Like be a little clueless guys. Have fun with it. Have fun. You know, like that's our twenties are, they're just messy. It's messy. Oh my God. It's so messy. You know, they're unhinged and messy, but like that's sometimes the joy of the journey. A lot of stories to tell. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> yeah, literally. I know. I think like, Something, you know, when we made this podcast, you know, I think we were just post-grad. We were so uncertain. Um, and, you know, obviously some things have gotten more certain since then. But also, like, every single moment of my life, I'm like, this is a, we call it, yeah, clueless moment. I'm like, this yeah. is a clueless moment. This is one. That's one. So oh, yeah. it's, it's the journey. It's the journey is being clueless. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been such a beautiful conversation i can't wait to re-listen to it to yes oh, get so all excited. the advice soak it all up um <laughs> so can you plug where everybody can find you on social media your course all of that yeah um so my socials are i'm on instagram and tiktok so it is taylor ryan nardoni uh same on both and then my course you can find linked um in my bio of both of those pages and that's where i am every day <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. And you guys know that you can find us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless. And TikTok and YouTube at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless. Thank you again, Taylor. Have an amazing yes. week, everybody. And don't forget to be motherfucking clueless. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>